Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to my YouTube channel. My name is John Campia, and this is a companion video. What are companion videos? Well, I'm awfully glad that you asked. See, every day on the John Campia Show, Monday through Friday, we take the second half of the show to take your live comments and questions that you guys send in via the tip link down below. You click on the tip link, you support our channel, you send in a question, and if your question is appropriate to be used on air and it gets through our screeners, then it can be used on the show. But most importantly, guys, you're supporting our channel. And the problem, though, is we don't always have enough time to get around to all of the live questions that get sent in. But if you sent those questions in and you supported the show, I want to make sure you don't have to wait too long to get those questions answered. So we gather them up and we address them here on companion videos. And for those of you who are watching us live, yes, this is live. It's This was one of those situations. JM says I look beautiful. I always look beautiful. Unless you got something you know, new to say and relevatory to say, you just shut up. Obviously, everybody knows I'm beautiful. Uh, just kidding. Thank you very much. It's very nice of you. Um, uh, this was one of those situations where I, um, I I finished my notes, all my work for tomorrow's John Campia show. So I finished my notes for that, and I was going to record a companion video. And I, and I I don't know, every once in a while, I'll just go, eh, why don't we just do a live and jump on with everybody? So hello, uh, JDS, and hello, Bimbus, and Caitlin, and JM, and Charlie Hagan, and Michael Jones, and everybody who's in the live chat. I, I gave you guys about 15 minutes notice that we were going to do this. And yeah, here we are. And there's already like almost 200 of you guys in the live chat. So good to have you guys here. Uh, Louis C is saying it's 3 a.m. in Australia. Wait, is that 3 a.m. or 3 p.m.? I hope it's 3 p.m. I hope you're not uh, up that late. Anyway, so we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. Now, here's what normally happens. When I do a companion video, what I generally, I have a rule for myself that I don't read the questions in advance because when I'm doing the show live, I don't have a chance to read the questions in advance. And I like to just give my off the cuff, you know, reaction to things, which is why a lot of times, you know, a question will come in, I'll go, I've never heard of that. And <laughs> that's why that happens. Um, but sometimes when I decide to do these things live, in order to make a thumbnail, I have to browse through the topics a little bit to, to, pick, a, to pick some topics, some questions somebody sent in that I can at least put up a thumbnail for, right? Well, today when my guy sent me over um, our notes or sent in the questions to me, uh, I just assumed, forgive me, I know uh, assuming makes an ass out of you and you, but I just assumed that we'd probably get some questions about Shang-Chi. Because Shang-Chi has been a big um, a, a big topic of conversation, so I just made that our thumbnail today. So listen, let me talk about Shang-Chi for a second here before we get into our live questions, if, if you will indulge me, please. So you guys probably saw on my YouTube channel and on my Twitter that I went to go see Shang-Chi for a second time today. It was my second outing going to see it, and this time I took Robert Meyer Burnett. Now, Robert, you know, he's, he's not... Uh, you know, registered with any of the studios as a critic. He doesn't get invited to these things. So I had a plus one for my screening of today. So I asked Rob if he wanted to come with me. So Rob came along as a guest. And you got to understand, Rob has had sky high expectations for this movie. Sky high. Partially because I came out ranting and raving about it like an idiot after I saw the premiere, right? So I took Rob in to see it, came out, and Rob said... And with already having super high expectations, he said it's one of the best fantasy films of the last 25 years. Robert Meyer Burnett called Shang-Chi one of the best fantasy films of the last 25 years, and he gave it a 10 out of 10. Now, I don't know 
how often Rob gives 10 out of 10s. I've given 10 out of 10s maybe seven or eight times in my career. So I don't know if Rob is as stingy with his 10 out of 10s as I am, but I'm pretty stingy with them. And so, you know, and this is a guy who worked on the Lord of the Rings films. A lot of people forget Robert Meyer Burnett actually worked. Now he, he was doing the behind the scenes features, but Rob was there on set of Lord of the Rings while they were making these things. And he's calling it one of the best fantasy films the last 25 years, and he gave it a 10 out of 10. But lo and behold, ladies and gentlemen, lo and behold, it's not just the people who went to the premiere that are now raging about it. It's not just the critics who have seen it that are now raging about it. Tonight, in about, I think, 20 cities across the country, early fan screenings of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings happened, and the responses have been insane. Insane. I Just before we started, I went on to Twitter, right? I went on to Twitter, and I just did a quick Twitter search for hashtag Shang-Chi, and this is what came up. Uh, remember, there are now thousands of people who've had a chance to go see these advanced fan screenings tonight. We got Shang-Chi needs to be on the biggest screen possible, says Kyle Alexander. Uh, Erica, is that how you pronounce it? Says, y'all, Shang-Chi was amazing. Um, uh, Sasquatch says, Shima Luke, can I just say I'm so thrilled you got to be a part of Shang-Chi because you absolutely killed the role. There you go. Grace Randolph. Oh, what did she say about it? Grace Randolph was uh, Shang-Chi was everything you said it was is more. I guess she kind of liked it. Look at that. Me and Grace can agree on something now and again. Uh, let's see. Connor Film says there are action scenes in Shang-Chi that may be better than Winter Soldier. Simu Lu and Aquafina are welcome addition to the MCU. I agree. Um, uh, every single mutual stanch. Oh, that was something else. Uh, and the fight sequences in Shang-Chi are breathtaking and the best in the MCU. Uh, wow, I can't wait to see it next month. I guess that's just somebody saying they're looking forward to it. So cool, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi deserves a Best Director nomination and Best Costumes and Wardrobe. Uh, uh, bring the audience in. Uh, Zhang has great presence, and I'm not sure who won't be a fan of hers after viewing Shang-Chi. Tony Leung has crafted a multi-layered villain. Oh, and oh my God, the creature's still processing. Can't wait to see what happens next. And I came across this one earlier today. Um, this guy's name is John Ross Bradford. I just love the energy from his girlfriend in the back. L listen to this. The IMAX oh, Theater. If I can get this in here, playing here. All right, we are leaving the IMAX Theater. We just saw Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm -hmm. I came in super pumped. Look at his girlfriend bouncing up and down. Oh my gosh. This movie did not disappoint in any sense of the word, dude. Zero. Oh, the choreography, Zero. the martial arts. <laughs> the energy. Oh my God. The visuals. The visuals, dude. The visuals, alone. The visuals. The dragon. I love the energy. All right, this is a spoiler-free review. This is just my initial reaction. This might be top 10 MCU. Oh, dude. And I'm not joking. Top, top, you guys got to see Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings, bro. <laughs> but anyway, so that one was, right, I thought we... that was, was pretty cool, seeing that one. Anyway, by the way, uh, Fernando Rodriguez sends in a Super Chat badge in the live chat, as does uh, Mark Velblas sends in one of the Super Chat badges as well. Guys, I'm just telling you, look, a lot of people want to make a big deal when I said, you know, best thing since Lord of the Rings, or sorry, uh, best thing since Lord of the Rings. When I said it's my favorite comic book movie, you know, my favorite comic book movie my best experience in a comic book movie since logan not as good as logan since logan uh that the martial arts i think are the best we've seen in a movie since uh the raid not as good as the raid just since the raid you know and i think now that you're seeing a lot of other people coming out here 
And now we're like, oh my God, this thing. guys, I'm just telling you, I just, I was very, very curious to see what Rob would think of it. And, and I was, I was so happy to see how happy Rob was because he was hooting and hollering in the thing. So was I during the screen. I li- I had tears in my eyes during one of the final action action sequences. I was literally tearing up. I literally had tears in my eyes and Rob was clearly having a blast too. And oh my God. I, I just can't wait. I can't wait for you guys to see this. And, and by the way, uh, oh, oh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Olero Timmy 8 sends in a, like a big super chat badge. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. As does Lester John sends in a super chat badge as well. Thank you, guys. Uh, Amit Shiresh sends one in and Peter sends in like a $50 one. Thank you, Peter. Like uh, Oler, I'm going to try this name again. Olero Timmy sent in like a $20 one. Thank you, guys. Um, and Peter sent in 50. Thank you guys very much. That's awesome. Thank you so much for supporting our channel in that way. Anyway, um, I cannot wait. First of all, I've now seen this movie twice and I'm going to see it a third time next week. Me and Aaron Cummings are going to CinemaCon next week, and Disney is showing a screening of Shang-Chi at CinemaCon. And it's just so great for me to... I've now had three movies in a row that I've really liked, which is great, because I felt like I saw four or five in a row that I didn't like. So now I've seen, like, uh, what did I say? I saw Suicide Squad, and I saw Free Guy, and I saw... Uh, and now Shang-Chi, and I've like... It's, it feels so great! Guys, it's been a year and a half! Since we've had a good steady stream of good movies. And now it's like, yeah. So I'm, I'm so stoked about this. I'm very, very happy. I cannot wait for you guys to see Shang-Chi. See it on the biggest screen absolutely possible. Uh, and by the way, uh, Sidious Swift. I love that name. Um, the Hero. Both send in super chat badges. Thank you, guys. Uh, Danny Banks sends in like a $20 super chat badge saying thanks for being you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And Ty Friss also sends one in. Thank you, guys. Um, anyway... With all that down, I, I, I'm literally, I feel like I'm bouncing in my seat. I want to go see this again right now. I want to see this movie again right now. And uh, anyway, yeah, uh, full review on Monday. Uh, that's when the review embargo list. By the way, guys, I'm going to let you uh, in on something here. Um, little something, a little in on something here. That next week there won't be any regular John Campia shows next week because I am going to be at CinemaCon. And at CinemaCon, uh, what I'm going to be doing is daily videos because every all the studios except Disney, all the other studios are going to be giving these big two-hour presentations of all their upcoming movies. And, you know, Rob and I did this two years ago at the last CinemaCon. They were very, these videos were very popular with you guys running through everything that the studio showed us about all their movies and all the footage they bring to show us about all their movies coming out over the coming year. And every day, one or two studios do a presentation. So that's what Aaron and I are going to be doing in Vegas. So no regular John Campia shows, but we will be doing these, um, uh, we will be doing these, uh, daily, uh, CinemaCon videos, and we should be doing them live as long as the internet connection in the hotel is good enough, and it should be because we're going to be in Caesar's Palace. Uh, it should be good enough. Anyway, uh, sorry, th- that was been a really, really long build up 
to get to your questions. So let's get on over and start taking your questions. All right. Ben Rayner writes in. Hey, John, I saw your quick out of the uh, theater review for Shang-Chi and it got me excited on a different topic. I just saw the trailer for Disney Star Wars Visions, and I have to say I'm really excited for this. I love Rebels and like what I've seen in Bad Batch. I'm not a big fan. I like the first episode of Bad Batch, but I didn't like the rest of it and I kind of tapped out anyway. And what I've seen of Clone Wars, I like. But this Visions looks different and i love the animation style i love that they are stepping out of their comfort zone for this and i hope they continue with anime i love the other stuff too but variety uh is good and visions looks different so i say bring it on always thanks for the show and keep bringing the sweet sweet filthy well thanks a lot for saying that in ben and listen i I don't want to go too into it because we're going to be talking star wars visions trailer is one of our main topics on the show tomorrow that me, Kim, and Aaron are going to be discussing. So we're going to be talking about it. Uh, But spoiler, I really liked it. The trailer for Star Wars Visions had this great kinetic energy to it. And I'm not a, you guys know, I'm not a big anime guy. Um, And I don't generally look forward to this type of stuff, but I got to admit, and I I hit play on the trailer skeptically, but I got to say, I liked what I saw, man. I did. I liked what I saw. And uh, we'll talk about it more on the show tomorrow. But thanks for writing that in, Ben. And by the way, Joshua Levesque sends in a super chat badge in the live chat as well. Thank you, Joshua. I appreciate that, man. Next up, uh, John's youngest son writes, Hey, John, I'm glad you like Shang-Chi. But was it like heavenly angels came down and scrubbed your bum with heavenly toothpaste? I remember saying that. Uh, Please let us know because I want to experience that feeling too and have a smile on my face afterwards. Listen, man, I'm not sitting here saying it's the best comic book film of all time. It's not. For me, the first Avengers movie is still the best comic book film of all time. It's not as good as The Dark Knight. It's not as good as Logan. But I believe it is a top five. I believe Shang-Chi is now a top five comic book film I've ever seen, at least for me. Remember, I'm only talking from my own perspective here. For me. Um, but yeah, and and easily the MCU's best origin story. It is absolutely the best origin story. It's got terrific mythology, great storytelling, deep characters, a fantastic villain who's got complex motivations, and the action is fantastic. The humor's on point. Uh, just love it. Yes. The angels of heaven came down and scrubbed the butthole with the heavenly toothpaste. And there were cleaning action bubbles all over the place. It was, it was fantastic, man. All right, next up. Crashing Coyote writes, nobody wanted me to say that imagery. Uh, Crashing Coyote writes, I know you can't say much because of review embargo, but the kid that plays young Shang-Chi was cast as Zuko for, next, next, for Netflix's Avatar. Based on Shang-Chi alone, do you think he can pull off Zuko, uh, Zuko because... Uh, Prince Zuko, uh, because in my opinion, Zuko is my favorite uh, and is one of the most complex animated characters. It, it, here's the thing. You got to remember, they shot Shang-Chi like two years ago. So as young as this kid is right now, he was exponentially younger a couple of years ago. He's real little. So I love the kid in the movie. I do. But he is in this movie. He is a young kid. He's a child. He's a young child in this so you know the younger you are every year has bigger changes the older you get not much changes year to year 
And so it's been a while since he shot, so I really can't say. All I will say is that I really did love the, the child, playing the child version of Shang-Chi. Uh, I did like him in it, and I did. And by the way, S-Beam sends in a super chat badge as well. Thank you, S-Beam. Appreciate that, man. All right. Next up, uh, we've got an anonymous viewer who writes, what do you think will be released first? Kanye's new album, Adonda, or Spider-Man No Way Home trailer? Starting to think both of these are urban legends and myths now that they don't even exist. Uh, you know what? Tr straight up truth speak here. Now, I don't have any insider telling me this, okay? But I really believe that Sony is going to give us at CinemaCon the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I really really believe that Sony during their big two hour presentation, I really believe they're going to give us a Spider-Man no way home trailer. And then they'll put it up online shortly thereafter. I think they're going to debut it for us at CinemaCon, And then they're maybe even the same day, maybe even five minutes later, I think they're going to put it up online. So I believe we're going to get that trailer uh, next week. I think we're getting it next week. Again, don't quote me on that. I don't have any insider information. It just seems to make sense to me. So I think that's when we're getting it. All right, next up. Russell Amador writes, Hey, John, IMAX has been blessed, has blessed us all. Those who were able to secure with free advanced screenings of Shang-Chi tomorrow. This was written yesterday. So that was tonight. Those screenings of Shang-Chi were tonight at 7 p.m. It will be at our local IMAX theater in San Antonio. I was just about to write in how jealous I was of your early viewing. Yeah, I've got to see it twice and I'm going to see it a third time before the movie opens and it's still not enough. Not enough, Russell. I hope you did get out to see it tonight and I hope you enjoyed it even more than I did. All right, next up, uh, Tanu writes, one of two. Free Guy uh, is my favorite movie behind Pig this year. Free Guy was just wonderful, uh, but was my favorite theater experience. I feel like this was what Ready Player One should have been. Ready Player One relied too much on Easter eggs. It felt like they knew the story and dialogue was weak, so they needed something to distract you with. But to me, it just highlighted the weaknesses even more. However, Free Guy used its Easter eggs and pops. Hey, listen, all I, I listen, I really, really, really liked... Um, I really liked Free Guy. I love Free Guy. I think Free Guy is wonderful. I'm going to be honest with you, though. I still think, I still think Ready Player One is better. I now, I, I like Ready Player One more than most people do. I, I didn't even read the book. I just watched the movie. I went in fresh. I, I love the movie. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I love the movie. But hey, we all, you know, movies hit us in a different way. Ready Player One didn't hit you the same way that it hit me, and that's okay, uh, but I'm glad you liked Free Guy anyway. But for me, I actually still kind of prefer Ready Player One myself, but that's just me. All right. Um, let's see. Where are we at? I can't believe we're closing in. We got over 750 people watching this live right now. I literally decided 15 minutes before we went live that we would even do this. And we've got like over 750 of you guys in the live chat right now, which is kind of crazy. So hello to everybody in the live chat. Good to have you guys here. All right, let's keep, uh, let's keep rolling here. Next up is Casey McNatt who writes, uh, Hey John, one of two. I am, I am so John, I am so excited. I just got a pass to actually see Shang-Chi and IMAX Wednesday night. That would have been tonight. This will be the second time I've had a chance to see a movie early in my life as the first being Batman versus Superman. Nice. And your review does excite me, but I am still planning to go into the movie with low expectations because I feel like if I get overhyped, I would come out being disappointed, uh, but I don't think that would happen. Well, I, I would say this. 
Rob went in. Robert Meyer Burnett, if you saw my video that I posted earlier today, Robert Meyer Burnett went in with very high expectations. And it still blew his expectations away. Um, but listen, Casey, it's always a good idea to manage our expectations. It's always good to do that. It's sometimes it's harder than others, but when you find yourself getting really super hyped for something, it's good to try to temper your expectations and then just go in and let the movie hit you and give you the experience it's going to give you. So that's a very, very wise plan. But I will tell you only based on my own unique experience that I, I don't care how high your expectations are. I think you're still going to have a good time. Like you may not like it as much as me, but I feel very confident. The vast majority of the people who see this movie are really going to enjoy it. So maybe some more than me, maybe a bunch, not as much as me, but I really do think the vast majority of people who see this movie, I'm just looking on Twitter right now at all the people who saw the thing tonight and everybody's raving about it. Um, I think most people are going to at least, at least really have a good time. At least I hope so. And by the way, our friends Wiley Todd sends in like a, a $10 super chat badge. Thank you, Wiley. Uh, as, and Ben DeCosto, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, sends in one as well. Uh, GT86 sends one in. Leo Liang sends in a super chat badge. Thank you guys so much for supporting us, dudes. I really appreciate that. All right, let's keep moving on here. Drunken One Kenobi. I like the name right. Just an observation, John. What's up with all the tentacles? <laughs> Uh, tentacle porn. What's up with all the tentacles on series slash films these days? Lovecraft Country, What If, Suicide Squad, uh, and said to be on Doctor Strange 2 as well. I hope the Kraken renegotiates his contract and gets some licensing money. Yeah, well, but let's be true. Uh, let's be true. Uh, let's be real here. The idea of a giant tentacle monster, that's been around a long time, right? Like Cthulhu and onwards, like big giant tentacle monsters are always a big thing. Always a big thing. It's it's like it's not like it just kind of became one now. You know what I'm saying? It didn't just become one now. That's been around a long time because everybody universally agrees tentacles are icky unless you're into the Japanese porn in which, hey, no judgment from me. I'm not here to judge you. You do you, my friends. If you like the little the tickling sensation of the tip of an octopus's tentacle on your private jillies, all good. All good. You're still a cool guy to me. I'm just saying, yeah, most people generally find the tentacle, tentacle stuff pretty creepy. So I think that's why you see it popping up a lot uh, in this sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's that. All right. Let's move on now. Uh, next up, Mischievous Gremlin writes, I think until streaming can offer features like director's commentary and behind the scenes stuff, you know, stuff you get on the DVD and Blu-rays you buy. I think that's when physical media will be gone. Well, honestly, though, Daryl Best Wadley saying it's 1 a.m. in New York. <laughs> uh, sorry. Sorry for keeping you up so late, Daryl. Um, uh, here's the thing. My digital copy of Avengers Endgame has all the features on it they can right now they can put all those features in with these things like i said i'm sure many of you your copies if, if many of you guys have copies of like digital copies of um of avengers endgame that you got through either the google play store or through fandango or whatever a lot of you guys also have those so they have the capability to do them now i just really wish they would put more in 
I really wish more movies would put that in because I love the bonus features. I love it. Anyway, next up, Bailey Alger writes, Hi there. I sent in a comment earlier asking about uh, audio descriptions. I remember that, yes. Would you ever watch a movie with with it and then give your thoughts on a show the day after? No, probably not. Uh, thank you again for uh, reading these. Always trying to spread awareness. Um, I also wanted to tell you again that you're a fantastic inspiration. Oh, thank you, Bailey. Uh, I'm starting to a review blog myself and a podcast of my own soon. That's awesome. I think all film fans should get involved. Even if you're not a film fan, a fan of anything, sneakers, computers, cars, uh, shirts, whatever it is, backpacks, I don't care. I think everybody should get involved in something creative, whether it's blogging, podcasting, YouTubing, whatever it is you're passionate about. I believe it's a great exercise for all fans to get involved in that stuff because the community always needs more voices. Anyway, uh, my own soon, and you're a fantastic inspiration. Thanks so much for what you do and Excelsior. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, like audio descriptions for those who are visually impaired, right? Because I was watching, Ann and I were watching on Peacock an episode of uh, Modern Family awesome show by the way and you know the two guys talking at a table and then somebody stands up and you hear a voice goes peter stands up and i'm like what what was that and we realized the audio descriptions were on terrific service i myself wouldn't use it because i because i don't i i don't live under those circumstances to me that would actually be a bit distracting to me that would be distracting so i probably wouldn't watch those with, with that thing on, but it's great that it's there for people who need it. It absolutely is. Uh, by the way, Christopher Augustine sends in a, you are amazing super chat badge in the live chat for like 20 bucks. Thank you, Christopher. Uh, as well as uh, Chris Hansen also sends in a, you are amazing badge. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Chris Hansen very, very much. Thank you guys. Um, Anyway, somebody was just saying they, they should call this uh, these things John Campy After Dark. I don't know. Maybe we should call these things John Campy After Dark. I don't know. I kind of like the idea. And oh my gosh, remember I said we had like, we only give like 15 minutes notice and we had like 750 people in here. We're closing in on 900 people. I don't think we've ever had 900 people watching a live companion video before, like late at night. I thought all of you guys would be in bed. What the hell are you doing? Why are you awake? Why am I awake? I'm not sure, but we're all here and having some fun. All right, let's keep talking here. Uh, next up, uh, Brian Acevedo writes, uh, John, give up on my hero or Deku. Uh, he develops into perhaps my favorite superhero of all time. Gotta be wimpy before you can grow and be great. Eh, mm, no, I gave my hero academia an entire season. I gave it an entire season. And sure, you gotta be wimpy before you can be great but you don't have to be as annoying as fuck before you're great. Steve Rogers was wimpy before he was great, but he was still really good and compelling. And Deku always talking like this. And oh my gosh, oh no, oh my, what am I going to do? I, just, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. And as a, as a TV fan, you shouldn't have to dredge your way through 10 hours of stuff to get to a point when it's finally good. And, and by the way, I'm just saying that for me, you, if you like it right from season one, a lot of people do. That's awesome. I tried and it just didn't work for me just because the Deku character, that's why I'm really looking forward to the live action movie. I'm really looking forward to the live action movie because I think they'll take this amazing mythology. Some of these great characters like all might, the whole concept of uh, one for all and all for one. I, I think they could take that and then get rid of the, 
constantly speaking in cry that Deku does in the in the anime, if they can get rid of that, I think we could be in for something really fun. And I'm actually looking forward to the live action thing. I really, really am. All right, next up. Uh, Alan writes, oh, by the way, Bobby Jackson sends in a super chat badge in live chat. Thank you, Bobby. Appreciate that, man. Um, as does Carl Wolf. Thank you, Carl, with a little behind the scenes thing. I've never seen that one before. Thanks for putting that in. Uh, Alan writes, hey, John, if Bloodsport is such a marksman, why didn't he aim his blaster at Starro's eye and not his legs? Uh, was he purely trying to distract him? Also, Mayo doesn't belong on hot dogs. Oh, you're, you're, a, you're a heretic, sir. Absolute heretic. You're dead to me. Dead to me, Alan dead to me uh and maybe maybe lightly on burgers it is one of the worst condiments mayo makes everything better mm. i even dip my french fries in mayo uh, you know in the absence of a good honey mustard or in the absence of like a, a good gravy mm. in the absence of that stuff i dip my fries in mayo mayo it's the jizz of the gods man the jizz of the gods hellman should pay me to write their ad script man they should totally pay me to write their ad script. That would sell everything. Um, anyway, my guess is I don't think he would have penetrated Starro's eye. That's why the rats couldn't get in either. I, I honestly think that only the javelin, javelin spear, I think only javelin spear could actually pierce his eye. That's the way I was watching the movie. That's why it was kind of destiny, right? Faded. Only you can carry my spear, my javelin to do, to do what, to do what, to do what. And then she figured it out. This is what it was for. And I, that's, that's how I choose to look at it at any rate. All right. Abel Tan sends in a super chat badge as well. Thank you, Abe. Uh, Abel. I appreciate that. And remember everybody put the jizz of the gods on everything. It'll make your mouth happy. All right. People tuning in right now just for the first time. They just tuned in just now and they have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, okay, next up. We got Todd uh, Fairbairn. Fair, Fairbairn? I'm, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. For, sorry about that, Todd. I'm hyped for Shang-Chi. Hopefully I will get to see it uh, as... Uh, hopefully I will get to see us as Australia is in stay-at-home lockdown and probably will be for two more months. Yeah, listen. At the one hand... It sucks to hear what's going on in New Zealand and Australia, but at the other hand, I so think your governments are handling this whole thing right. New Zealand literally discovered they had one case of COVID in their country and they shut everything down. And because you know what country has been living completely back to normal for a long time? New Zealand, because they took this damn thing dead seriously and they got life back to normal faster than anybody. And now they found out one person had it, shut the whole damn thing down. They're taking it bloody seriously. And I love that because that means they're, they're going to keep everything back to normal, everything up and running. Nobody go, rocks around in masks there. Everything's pure, open, and fun because they dealt with it seriously. And I got to admit, I, I admire you guys from that. I really do. But anyway, I'm hoping you guys get to get your lives back together here pretty fast. So uh, here's hoping for you, Todd. All right, uh, next up. Uh, let's see. Greg writes, I wasn't trying to say you owed respect. Just felt like you're being outright vindictive. Oh, I remember you, Greg, you're the one who wrote in about agents of shield. Right, right, right. I wasn't trying to say that you owed respect. Just felt like you were being outright vindictive towards 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans for our opinion in the way you express yours. I can see that I was wrong. I still disagree with a lot said, but I apologize for misreading much stuff. No, 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 listen, no, by the way, you when you say to somebody, you should give it more respect, you are kind of implying that respect is owed, okay? Just to be fair. But honestly, Greg, I, listen, you are a fan of something. You're a fan and you are expressing your support of something that you are a fan of. And that's great. That's what we do as fans, man. So, so all good, brother. All good. I respect that. Like, I'll, I disagree with you. Obviously, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a pile of shit. So we disagree and we can strongly disagree. But I respect the fact that you've got something that's an object of love for you in, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? And you feel like you want to speak up in its defense. I totally respect that, dude. And don't take me disagreeing with you as as if some kind of way to say you shouldn't like it no man listen i'm not lying when i say i'm jealous i i feel jealousy that you like it and i don't because i wish i had that kind of positive experience with it really so i think it's great that you express your point of view even if it's in contradiction to mine it's all good brother you're just doing what good fans do all right uh, before we keep going on, S Beam uh, and Zeke the Wise, I like that name. S Beam and Zeke the Wise both send send in super chat badges. Uh, thanks for sending that in, guys. I really appreciate it. Okay, uh, next up, um, where are we at here? Oh yeah, who's the Bobsicle writes? So did you like Agents of Shield? Kidding. Uh, but seriously, I've never heard you mention Agent Carter. Oh dude, I talked about Agent Carter a lot when it was around. And we've even talked a lot about it ever since, you know, with What If coming out. Anyway, uh, what did you think of that show? I found it enjoyable. Endgame even used that show's version of Jarvis in the Tony slash Howard goodbye scene. I really liked Agent Carter. I, I liked Agent Carter a lot. I liked that show. Now, I, I preferred season one over season two, to be honest. But I thought that first season of Agent Carter was absolutely fantastic. I loved it whenever Peggy showed up in things, whether it was an Ant-Man or... In uh, in Captain America, the uh, when Captain America Winter Soldier when he goes to visit her, what, was it Winter Soldier or was it Civil War? It was Civil War, right? That's it was in. Remind me in the live chat, guys. Was it Civil War that we see that he goes to visit Peggy in the hospital? I think it was Civil War. Um, I cannot remember. No, you guys, it was Winter Soldier. No, some are saying Winter Soldier, some are saying Civil War. Come on, guys, get yourself again. Most people are saying Winter Soldier. Okay, we'll go with that. We'll go with Winter Soldier. Anyway, I really liked it seeing her in there. So I really do like the character and I really did like the show. All right, next up. Uh, Samurai J-Man writes, uh, did you really just say earlier that you've never been wrong before? I have never said that. No, 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 no. I have never said that. If I did say it, it was obviously in jest. I love you, bro, but come on. No, you, you probably heard me say I've been wrong before, and maybe it sounded like I was saying never, but no, 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 no. I, I have never said I've never been wrong before. Listen, no matter how often you're right, you're always going to be wrong sometimes, right? Like, listen, especially when you're me, and like, I'm not one of these guys that does one pre-recorded video a week where I can like cover one or two topics and you give one or two predictions or guesses on things a week, maybe three or four or five a month. I'm literally giving 
my speculation, my my forecasts, my analysis, my predictions, I'm giving 40, 50, 60 a day. 40, 50, 60 a day. Five days a week, four weeks a month. I mean, so you figure it out. I am going to be wrong. Of course I'm going to be wrong. Absolutely I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to be right a lot, and I'm going to be wrong sometimes, and that's never going to change. But you know I'm usually right. I'm, obviously, look, I'm going to be right a lot. I'm going to be wrong a bunch of times. I'm going to be wrong every single day. I'm going to say something that turns out to be wrong every day. I can't, I can't give predictions or analysis or whatever on, or, you know, opinions or positions on like 45 topics in one day and not at least get a couple of them wrong. Of course I will. And even, even if, even if all I got was two wrong per day. That's 10 a week. That's 40 things I'll be wrong about in a month. 40. And that's if it's only two out of the 45 or 50 or 60 things I cover a day. So on a good month, I'll be wrong about 40 things in that month. So yeah, obviously, obviously. All right. uh, Next up, uh, we've got a dangerous D who writes, Hey, John, I know you don't watch Cobra Kai. I love it. But what if a limited series exploring a young Mr. Miyagi? Ooh, I'm over it already. Nope. I'm curious what his life was before Daniel and during World War II, Japanese internment, how he met his wife, etc. Would you watch a Mr. Miyagi show? Um, my off the top of my head answer to that would be no, because I am very over Let's do a movie about young this character and young that character. Like, why don't we just move everything forward? I mean, at least, even though I'm not a fan of Cobra Kai myself, at least the idea of Cobra Kai is moving the story forward. Now, of course, if people want, if they did a Mr. Miyagi show and then a bunch of people watched it and everybody came back to me and said, oh, it's like the angels were scrubbing our buttholes with angel angelic toothpaste. If everybody come back to me and said that it was that awesome, obviously I would give it a shot. But just the off the top of my head thing, guess would be no, not really interested in the old young version of this character we already know show. But my mind could be changed. My mind could be changed. Uh, by the way, Hugo Boss 5150 sends in like a $20 super chat badge and saying you are amazing. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Too kind, dude. Um, uh, and I like the avatar too. I think that's Dr. Strange you got in there. I like that. Anyway, uh, thanks for writing that in, Danger Steve. Next up. Some dude writes, did you hear about the Gladiator 2 script they wrote? I think we talked about this, I think, a year ago, I believe. Maximus entered limbo, fought the gods, and it ended with a montage of him fighting every war throughout history. I didn't read that part. Uh, Ending up as a general at the uh, Pentagon in modern day. Crow said, don't like it, mate. I, uh, yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm seeing some people in the live chat saying I skipped a question. I'll have to go back. Um. Oh yeah, I did skip one, didn't I? Okay, I'll get to the, I'll get to Robbie here in a second. Thank you guys in the live chat for letting me know about that. Um, yeah, I heard like it, it was over a year ago that the story first came out that there was a some they wanted to do at one point a Gladiator two, which I'm all for, but it was started with like um, Maximus and the afterlife and all this kind of stuff. And it just sounded weird. I didn't hear some of those details. Some of those details are pretty weird. I could totally see Russell Crowe saying it doesn't sound good, mate. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would be on the side of Russell Crowe in that one. I really, really would. All right. Next up, uh, Robbie writes, 
I'm concerned about how well X-Men translates in the lighthearted MCU. X-Men has always been about outcasts with themes of racism, homophobia, etc. I believe like Batman, X-Men needs a darker vibe. Your thoughts on the MCU handling of this heavier material? Honestly, Robbie, and look, here's the thing. It is an absolute misnomer that like some people, does the MCU like to, to throw in some lightheartedness and use humor to counterbalance the heavier stuff and bring a more balanced kind of movie to the audience. Yes, because it's effective and it works. But a lot of people speak as if the MCU is just, bah, 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 bah. you know, like, what do we do tonight, brain? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Take over the world. I mean, it's, it's not run and gun, just jokey joke, joke jokes. I mean, the MCU is also weighed with a lot of freaking heaviness. Like, a great example of that to me is... Um, is Thor Ragnarok. Like a lot of people would come out and say, oh, Thor Ragnarok is just all jokes. Thor Ragnarok, while extremely funny, and Taika Waititi did a great, I love Thor Ragnarok. It's very, very funny. No doubt it is. But it's other than Endgame, other than Endgame and Infinity War, Thor Ragnarok is the darkest MCU movie there is. Think about what happens in Thor Ragnarok. Thor loses Mjolnir, he loses his eye. His father, the all-father Odin, dies. Asgard is destroyed. Ultimately, they kill his sister as well, even though she was a villain. I mean, it is some of the heaviest stuff in any Marvel or DCU movie, but Taika Waititi likes to make sure that there's a balance in there. The MCU as a whole likes to make sure there's a balance. Then you look at Infinity War. The damn movie ends with half-life on Earth being terminated and exterminated out of existence. And I think if you even look back at the X-Men films, even the really good X-Men films, the best X-Men films, X-Men, I think X-Men Days of Future Past is a top 10 comic book movie of all time. And if you go into that movie, you know, they did a really good job of balancing out the heavy stuff with moments of lightheartedness and humor as well. It's about finding the right balance. It's about finding the right balance. And I believe the same is true. You can cover heavy, heavy topics. Look at Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol covers some of the heaviest shit in any comic book iteration ever. The themes of Doom Patrol are some of the deepest and heaviest themes you can possibly do, but it's wrapped in this shell of this bonkers, nutty Doom Patrol veneer. And it makes for an awesome viewing experience, at least for me. So do I think the MCU can do X-Men justice? Absolutely. I just want X-Men kept out of the MCU because I just believe the MCU is already overcrowded. I just believe the X-Men have enough characters, literally hundreds, to be in their own separate cinematic universe. But could they totally be done justice in the MCU? I believe so, personally. But that's just me. That's just my opinion on that. All right. Uh, thanks for reminding me, guys, that I had skipped one question there. Uh, next up, we got um, Anonymous, who writes, John, after getting word of casting for Green Lantern, uh, there has not been much else that I've heard since. Two questions. Any news you might have heard on production and would this franchise suffer because of a failed first attempt like Suicide Squad? No, I don't think so. See, the difference between Suicide Squad and this Green Lantern is, number one, a lot more time 
has passed between when the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern came out and when this came out. The second thing is that unlike Suicide Squad, where there's totally connected to the original one, if not narratively, I mean, it had a bunch of the same characters and everything like that, right? With the same actors there, everybody knows any new Green Lantern would be totally disassociated from that other Green Lantern. That was like, God, I can't guys in live chat. What year did that Green Lantern come out? It had to have been like 10 years ago. Was it 10 years ago? Was it more than 10 years ago? Help me out in the live chat. What what year did that? It was 2011. So it was, yeah, thank you. Uh, Ray Studios, Iconic Reactions, Anch, Ranja, Jimmy, Kins, 2011, and a whole bunch of other guests. Thank you guys for that answer. 10 years ago. That was 10 years ago. And has zero connection to anything new. So honestly, Green Lantern's going to face its own problems, but I don't think those problems that, that Suicide Squad had uh, that were unique to that. I don't think those will, will apply here. I don't think that's going to be an issue. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's going to be an issue. All right, next up. Sam Fisher writes, I think Rob misunderstood my question when he read it on the companion video, because Rob did one of our companion videos the other day. I was asking if you think we'll ever see an Avengers versus Squadron Supreme movie. Uh, we will probably never see Avengers versus Justice League due to rights issues, but Avengers versus uh, Squadron Supreme. Um, could work because Roy Thomas wrote the squadron as a uh, pastiche of the Justice League. Hyperion equals Superman. Nighthawk equals Batman. Wizard equals Flash. Dr. Spectrum, Green Lantern. Power Princess, Wonder Woman. By the way, they had a bunch of others as well. Uh, the most recent comics team was even named Scott Squadron Supreme of America. No, I don't think we'll ever get a Avengers versus Squadron Supreme. Nobody would be interested. I can feel half the people watching this video right now falling asleep at the idea of it. I mean, and that's no disrespect to the Squadron Supreme comic books. Hyperion is actually a pretty damn cool character. Um, but honestly, nobody, nobody's asking for that. Nobody wants that. Now, it's one thing you, you could justifiably say, but John, nobody was interested to do who Guardians of the Galaxy was. Yes, but they didn't come out of nowhere and do Avengers versus Guardians of the Galaxy, right? They introduce them as their own quirky group of misfits and let them do their own thing. Um, so, no, I, I don't think it would work. I don't think anybody would care about it. I, I just couldn't see them doing that. I just don't see them doing that, especially because of the almost satire nature of what the Squadron Supreme is. You've said it yourself, like the whole thing about them is, is there a bit of a rib on Justice League? And just because of that, novelty shtickness of it i can't see kevin feige ever actually wanting to seriously do that um at least that that's me at least that's my opinion sam so who knows who knows what could happen in the future all right bk dan writes john i figured out why slash how your internet and rob sound and immediately you started choking right afterwards I'm not, what are we talking about? Uh, hear my theory out. Chapek heard that people were talking bad about him in chat. So he sent out a mouse squad to kill your internet. Rob sound, then a mouse assassin to take you out. But to put it in Dungeons and Dragons terms, you made your constitution save, which I'm sure uh, I'm not the only one who's glad you survived the attempt on your life. Yeah, listen, it's, look, it's no secret. It's no secret. Um, I am not a Bob Chapek fan. It's, it's no secret. I mean, we've practically made daily videos for the last few weeks. I've actually started to thinking I, I have to ease up on it because I'm, I'm hounding. But the thing is with the Bob Chapek thing, it's been a new thing coming up every day. 
if it's not about the dumb thing he's saying, like not choosing his words wisely, wisely when talking about Shang-Chi or whether it's the whole legal problem that they're having now with Scarlett Johansson or whether it's his mismanagement of the direct to Disney plus premium thing or whether it's about, you know, the articles came out in the major trades about how there's a lot of people dissatisfied with how things are being run there. It's, it's a different issue every day. But I remember looking at it. I might have been yesterday or the day before and thinking I need to cut back on the anti Bob Chapek rhetoric. I mean, if a legitimate story comes out, we will cover it, but I need, I need to cut back on it because I've got a rule for myself that I want people to look at the front page of my YouTube channel and not see hate video after hate video, after hate video, after hate video. And I've always very much prouded myself on the fact that, if at any time you go to my front, the front of my YouTube channel, you will see 90% videos about things we love. And the occasional one about, hey, this topic drives me crazy. This happened and this is nuts. But out of all the thumbnails, there's probably, I don't know, 30 or 40 videos on the front page. I want to make sure that at least 90% of them are always positive. Here's what we love. Here's something cool. This is what we love. And I've been realizing with the Bob Chapek stuff, I've been hounding on it a bit. And frankly, I've been start, starting to sound like Rob when he talks about Star Trek. I'm just, I'm just giving Rob a hard time. but And I don't want to be that. So, but, uh, but I will tell you this. It was part of the reason when I got my invitation to go see the premiere of Shang-Chi at the world premiere, I was a little surprised because, you know, I had been made my big pronouncement that I am done with Disneyland. I'm never going back to Disneyland again because I really thought they screwed us over. <clears throat> and then all the stuff about Bob Chapek, and I've been talking a lot about that I haven't really loved anything that the MCU's put out lately. I mean, I loved WandaVision, but I haven't loved Falcon Winter Soldier. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I didn't love um, uh, Loki. I didn't love Black Widow. You know, and I was, I thought, I, I doubt I'll ever get an invitation to this thing again, especially because I've been really hammering pretty hard on Bob Chapek, the CEO of Disney. But they still invited me. And I know they watch my videos. <laughs> I know they watch my videos. So they invited me anyway. Anyway, there's that. Okay. Uh, next up. Uh, where are we at here? We are at Film Love and Bro. Guys, I get, I, I'm amazed. I gave you guys 15 minutes notice that we were doing this video. And we're over 1,000 people. We're over 1,100 people in the live chat. Again, this is by far the biggest you know, uh, the biggest amount of us we've ever had here doing a live companion video, especially this late at night. Why, why are any of you awake right now? Again, why am I awake? Uh, by the way, uh, Kevin Cow sends in a super chat badge in live chat. Thank you, Kevin. I think somebody else did too. Yes. Epic dub time sent in a super chat badge in live chat as well. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. Some people are saying it's 2 AM where I am. Some people are saying it's 4 AM where I am. Um, anyway, yeah. Okay. Let's just keep going here, shall we? Uh, next up, we got Film Love and Bro who writes one of two. Hey, John, what are a few of your 2021 pleasant surprise movies uh, that you had no or low expectations for so far? Uh, some that have really stuck with me are Pig, Bo Burnham's Inside, Mitchell's versus the Machines, The Sparks Brothers, uh, Cruella, Fear Street Trilogy, and Free Guy. Wouldn't be surprised if a few of these made my year ends list. Listen, for me, I got to start with Shang-Chi. Uh, because here's the thing I said this on my show the other day all Kevin Feige has talked about 
for the last six months is Eternals. That's all he talks about. Eternals is going to be a Best Picture nominee. Oh, we're so proud of Eternals. People aren't going to believe Eternals. And all this talk about Eternals, and I'm sure it's amazing, but it left me feeling like I bet Black Widow and Shang-Chi are just going to kind of be, they'll probably be good. But they'll probably be, you know, okay to good. You know, we'll be glad we watch it, but they're probably not great, right? And then I saw Black Widow and and I didn't think it was great. You know, I thought it was okay, but they really botched the villains in it. So I thought Black Widow was okay. And so going into Shang-Chi, especially because the trailers weren't all that good. The trailers have not been all that good for Shang-Chi, let's be honest. I, mean, I think they've been okay. They're not terrible. But after seeing Black Widow and saying, yep, that was okay. I just assumed that's what Shang-Chi was going to be as well. So imagine my surprise when I'm like bouncing in my seat by the time that movie ended. I'm like, like all I wanted to do was watch it again. So that's been big. Honestly, my biggest surprise this year, though, because I at least thought Shang-Chi was going to be good, right? It's not like I thought it was going to be terrible. I thought it would at least be good. But my biggest surprise movie of the year is one that you mentioned, which is Mitchell's versus the Machines. That looked like a throwaway piece of straight up garbage animation that they were just dumping on a streaming platform somewhere and it was going to be terrible and blah, blah. Guys, I got to tell you, a bunch, and I watched it because a bunch of you jerk offs, a bunch of you guys, we're the ones who told me, John, you should watch Mitchell's versus the machines. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm sure that's good. But then you guys kept saying, John, you should really watch Mitchell's versus the machines. And finally, I'm like, all right. So I mentioned it to Anne saying, do you want to watch Mitchell's versus the machines? She goes, yeah, why not? Let's put it on. I thought that movie was delightful. It's really good. I And so I got to say that to me is probably the biggest surprise to me of the year so far, because I, I thought it was going to be garbage. And it ended up being putting, just making my heart full and a big smile on my face. Uh, despite that. So I got to say that I got to say that. And by the way, Aiden Foley sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Aiden. Appreciate that, man. All right, let's move on here. Uh, next up stubble McShave writes something that hasn't really been mentioned when it comes to the black widow and jungle cruise model is the following. The reported numbers for the first weekend are not from the same geographical area. Oh, absolutely. They are. It's, it's the opening weekend box numbers are always North American. That's always what opening weekend box office numbers are. The cinema box office was domestic, but the PVOD on Disney plus was worldwide. Well, yeah, but that's, that's a, that's different. Like when you hear opening weekend box office numbers, you always know what they are referring to unless they say otherwise is the North American box office because you can't compare worldwide numbers because movies open in a different numbers of territories because one movie may open in the U.S. and five other countries on one weekend, while another movie could open in North America and 25 other countries on one weekend. That's why you never compare international opening weekend box, of, uh, box office numbers. So whenever you hear somebody talking about opening weekend box office, unless they say specifically worldwide, you are talking about domestic because then you're comparing apples to apples. And then when you bring in these new dimensions, like whether it's Disney streaming, PVOD, you got to mention those separately. So. Yeah, there's that. Okay, next up, uh, we've got uh, J Meister 25 writes, the alt-right YouTube echo chamber is having a field day with your Shang-Chi early thoughts, implying that you were paid to enjoy a Marvel film. Uh, why are these people stupid, stupid, terrible, and dumb? Can they just go away? Or are they incapable of enjoying things? I, I, I don't care. I don't care. 
look, I, I somebody can say blah, blah. I can say, well, explain to me why I didn't like this and why I didn't like this and why I've been attacking Bob Chapek and why I've, I vowed never go back to Disneyland and blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Look, people are always going to make up their own excuses to fit their own narratives. All right. People are always going to create their own excuses to fit their own narratives. For example, buddy of mine forwarded this one uh, chat chain that was going on where somebody said, John just liked um, Shang-Chi because, you know, he's a Disney show. Okay. But then somebody responded to that saying, but the last premiere he was at was Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, and he came out and he hated it. And he's been attacking Bob Chapek and he didn't love any of the stuff that MCU has been doing. So what the original person who said, John's just a shill for Disney, he didn't have a response to that. So he changed his argument to, well, John's wife is Asian. So he's just saying he loves it because his wife is Asian. It's like, well, wait a minute, time out. Am I saying it because I'm a Disney shill, but you can't say that because obviously I'm not. So you just change your argument. So people will create whatever argument they want to fit their own narrative. People want, there are people out there who want Shang-Chi to be bad. It's just the way it is. There are people out there who want Shang-Chi to be bad. I've never understood why anybody wants something to be bad, but whatever. And so if somebody like me is saying that it's good, well, then that doesn't fit their narrative. Therefore, attack the person who's saying that it's good. Oh, our first attack didn't work because it doesn't make any sense. Well, come up with a different excuse as to why. But it's not just me. Like, it's done to a lot of other people as well. But now that the the audience has seen it at tonight without the fan screenings, and now their reaction is coming out online, it's going to be harder to do. But look, at the end of the day, I'm just flattered. I'm, I am ultimately flattered because, you know, I don't spend my time on here talking about other YouTube channels unless they're buddies of mine, right? Like, like Christian, like some, somebody will ask me a question about Schmodown, I'll answer because Christian's a buddy of mine, but I don't spend my time talking about, I do not use my YouTube channel to talk about other YouTube channels, but it's nice to know that I live rent free in a lot of people's heads that they, that they feel I'm important enough that they need to talk about my opinion about a movie. I, I live rent free in so much space in their heads and I am so important to them that they actually have to do videos about my reaction to a movie. It's flattering, but honestly, I don't care. I really don't care. Um, anyway, uh, Cody John Walker sent in like a big woot super chat, like $20 super chat batch. Thank you for that, Cody John. I appreciate that, man, very much. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, uh, let's keep going here. Uh, that was Jay Meister. Next up, uh, Sam Fisher writes, Hey, John, as much as I love Rob uh, and he answered these questions on the companion video that he did, I want to hear your thoughts. Ready? I'm ready. What do you think about Netflix ca- casting Catherine Zeta-Jones and Luis Guzman as Morticia and Gomez in the Wednesday Adam series? Not my first picks, not both really talented, especially Catherine Zeta-Jones. Oh, I disagree. I think Catherine Zeta-Jones is tremendously talented. And I, I always... Well, look... No one is going to say Luis Guzman is one of the great actors in the business. But come on, when I see Luis Guzman pop up in a movie, it makes me happy. And there's just something about that dude that he's something he brings to the to 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 a movie when he's in there. There's a certain dimension he brings to a movie 
when he's in there. And I always like seeing him pop up. I really do. So that kind of made me happy. You, you guys, look, you know, I'm not all that interested in this Wednesday Adam series. I am a little bit, not tremendously, but, um, but listen, Catherine Zeta Jones, I think getting her was a big score. I think personally, I think that is a big score for them. Uh, that they landed her to be in there. I really do. And so I think that's great, Sam. Personally, I think it's great casting for them. All right. Uh, James Wheeler also sent in a super chat patch. <laughs> Thank you so much, James. I don't know. He's like the epic fail hippo. I don't know what that means, but... Thank you, James, for sending that in and supporting our channel. It's like a $20 one, too. Thank you, James, for that support, dude. All right, let's keep moving on here. Sam Fisher writes, you recommended Slugfest. Oh, Slugfest is a great book. What's it called? Like the 50 or 60 or 70 year war? I can't remember the exact title, but it's Slugfest, the X number of year war between Marvel and DC. Incredible book, great stories in it. It'll give you a real big appreciation for a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. It's fabulous. Anyway, you recommended Slugfest. I love that book and have reread it many times. That's good to hear. Um, I would like to recommend a book called uh, Is Superman Jewish? About how heroes like Superman and Spider-Man are rooted in their creator's Jewishness really speaks to me because I'm Jewish. I wanted to know what your favorite... Oh, uh, oh, that was just the one thing. I That sounds interesting because you're right. A lot of Superman was, number one, created by a Canadian, by the way, and, and also somebody of Jewish descent. I always do find it interesting, whether it's religious beliefs, political background, I always do find it interesting finding out something about the creators of a character and how certain aspects of the creator of a character made its way into the character. So, by the way, if you've never seen, there's a movie called Professor Marsden. Let me see if I can look it up here. Um, Professor Mar. I think it's Marsden, Marsden and the Wonder Women. There's a movie with Luke Evans, a uh, Marston. It's not Marsden. It's Marston, uh, professor Marston and the Wonder Women, uh, that came out in 2017 with Luke Evans, Rebecca Hall. I love Rebecca Hall. Love, 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 love Rebecca Hall. Love Luke Evans as well. And it's about the guy who created Wonder Woman. And this relationship him and his wife had, and then there was a third woman that came into their relationship and they kind of had a, a three-way relationship and, and the, out of that relationship came Wonder Woman. It's amazing. It's, it's really good movie. Like I know it's, it sounds plenty filthy. Eh? Threesomes. Yes, there are threesomes in the movie, but honestly, beyond that, it's a wonderful film. I really liked it. And it gives you a little bit of insight into aspects of the creators and what was going on in them and how those aspects found their way or how they manifested in the character they ultimately created. Um, it's really good. It's really good. Do go and, uh, do go and check that out. Okay. Uh, next up. Um, Sam Fisher also writes one of two. I wanted to know uh, what your favorite story from Slugfest was. I think mine is Man-Thing slash Swamp-Thing story where DC released Swamp-Thing a month after Man-Thing and Marvel threatened to sue, uh, but no one realized that the co-creators of each of those characters, I think it was uh, Len Wein and Gary Conway were roommates at the time. And while Wien came up with the Swamp Thing on the train, he probably got the idea from seeing Conway's Man-Thing work around the apartment subconsciously. That's cool. 
my favorite stories, Sam, actually from Slugfest are the ones that revolve around the rotating doors of the different people who are heading divisions in both DC and Marvel. And what, you know, what management styles led to them getting ousted, what worked, what didn't work. It was all that behind the scenes stuff to me that really worked. Also, they get into Shazam, you know, Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel. That's why we call Shazam Shazam today. Remember, Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel. It wasn't until recent history they started to become known as Shazam. So that's a relatively new thing. But yeah, it's really more of the upper management stuff and the rotating doors up there. Those were my favorite stories out of that book. Anyway, that's a good one, though, uh, uh, Sam. All right. Uh, Walking Grimace writes, Hey, John, I was thinking about AMC raising their prices issue. Could this just be an idiotic attempt for them to try to lean more people to sign up for A-List, pay $25 a month with the perks, or else pay for our raised prices every time you go to the theaters? Well, here's, here's the problem with that. Let's say that was what their whole idea was. Is it a bad idea to try to get people to sign up for A-List? No, that's a good idea. Get people to sign up for A-List. That's great. Here's the problem, though. Their attention right now needs to be getting people back into the movie theaters. People have been out of the habit of going to the movie theaters for a year and a half. Your number one priority has to be enticing people back into the movie theaters. And until you do that, there ain't nobody signing up for A-List. And if your strategy to entice people back to the movie theaters is raising your ticket prices and raising your concession prices, well, then you're an idiot. You're a complete idiot, in my humble opinion. Yeah, so it just would make it even more stupid if they were doing it to get people to sign up for A-list. It's like, buddy, until you get people coming back to the theaters, you ain't going to get anybody signing up for A-list. Get people back into the theaters first. And then when people are back in the theaters, you know who's signing up for A-list? Moviegoers are signing up for A-list. People who go to the movies more than once a month. And if you ain't got people coming back to your theaters more than once a month, who's signing up for A-list? Nobody. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of a ridiculous strategy i don't know the stuff that amc does they are my favorite movie theater chain honestly no no exaggeration there no hyperbole no facetiousness they are my favorite movie theater chain but my god they are dumb my god they are dumb anyway uh next up uh jack lumbers writes uh, i was watching i was re-watching the series finale of the office i love the series finale of the office Not many, even the best shows often don't have great series finales. The Office had a great series finale. I was rewatching the series finale of The Office, and I was really surprised to see Rachel Harris, Dr. Linda, playing Angela's sister. Have you ever been surprised rewatching old episodes to find an actor you had gotten to know from a later work? If so, what? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I believe, I think it was season one of The Office. Do you guys know who I'm going to say? She popped up in season one of The Office and was kind of a little bit of a love interest for John Krasinski's Jim character. Do you guys? I just want to see if any of you guys know who I'm going to say. Isa, got it. Amy Adams. Yeah. Hot Rod Productions also got it. So did Ben Davis, Kay Walton, Spencer, Mont, uh, and, and a bunch of you guys got it as well. Mighty Tank got it. Um, it was maybe a year or two ago. 
Because, you know, Ann and I play with Parks and Rec and The Office. We play roulette. Like we, we're going to sit down and eat, just put on a random episode of Parks and Rec or The Office. Because no matter what episode comes up, we know it's going to be awesome. And so it was about a year ago we were playing uh, roulette, The Office roulette. And we came on the, the episode that Amy Adams shows up. And I'm like, I totally forgot Amy Adams was in this. Totally forgot that she showed up in this. So. Yeah, that's the one that stands out to me, Jack. That's the one that stands out to me. Uh, by the way, Cody John Walker sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Cody. Appreciate that, man, very much. Okay, uh, next up, Sam Fisher. I like the little character you got in there, too. Uh, anyway, Sam Fisher writes, John, I got my tickets to see Shang-Chi on September 4th at 2 p.m. at my local AMC, my favorite seat, F7, as long as it's not F9. Dude, seriously, I... Look, all film is subjective. We all have different experiences with films. Just because I hate a movie, maybe you'll love it. Just because I love a movie like Shang-Chi, maybe you will, maybe you won't. But honestly, this is one of those movies that I really feel the vast, vast majority of the people are going to really like. Maybe as much as me, maybe not as much as me, but I really feel strongly that a the vast majority of people are going to really love this movie. Uh, not necessarily as much as me again, but I, I think it's, I think people are going to really like it. All right. Dangerous D writes, Hey John, uh, the Lensman by EE e. Smith was to have had a live action movie a long time ago. R Howard was attached, but nothing came of it. I know this made into an anime years ago. The books were the inspiration of the green lantern Corps. Uh, any news that you know of, I'll be honest with you. The, I don't, I have no idea what the Lensmen are. <laughs> I have no idea what the lensmen are. Remember, I, I told you earlier at the start of this thing, like I, I don't read through the questions in advance. They just, my guys make the document and send it over to me. Um, and so I know this, as a result, I sometimes look clueless. This is one of those examples of me looking clueless. I have no idea what the lensmen are. I don't know who E.E. E. Smith is. I'm not familiar with, <laughs> I'm not familiar with a live action movie adaptation, nor am I familiar with the anime. Um, so, uh, I, I guess I'm not the only one too, because, uh, Casey McNatt says, I've never heard of Lensman. Uh, I never heard of Lensman. So yeah, I, I've never heard of it either. Never. I, so I cannot, you know what dangerous I'm sure there are going to be people in the live chat, um, who are familiar with it and will probably, uh, have something to say about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know it. It's uh, not on my radar, never heard of it. So sorry, man. I wish I could have been a more help. Uh, maybe if Rob was here, maybe he would have known, known of it. But I, I am just a, I'm totally useless on this one, my friend. Sorry about that, Dangerous D. But I'm sure, keep your eyes in the live chat. I'm sure somebody will, will be familiar with and be able to uh, let you know. All right. Uh, next up, Jack Lumbers writes, I heard that Steve Carell's line, uh, line in the series finale was limited or his lines in the series finale were limited for his name, not to be in the credits and ruining the surprise. I wish Michael stuck around after the wedding, uh, and be in the final office scene where everyone reminisces thoughts. I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe, uh, that the reason they limited his lines so that his name wouldn't be in the credits, thus creating a surprise. No one's going to see the credits until the credits roll at the end of the episode anyway. So I don't believe that. And then if that was a real important thing, I'm sure Steve Carell would have negotiated and said, hey guys, it's okay. 
until the episode airs, you can keep my name out of the credits until the episode airs and then put it out. So I don't believe that. I honestly, I don't know why. That's my one problem with the finale. And the finale of The Office was awesome. But my one problem was the fact that he only had like had two lines. And one of them was a grace. Like, it's like, you know, your employees are like your children. And then you get to come back and watch them marry each other, which is some, I'm, that's not exactly word for word what it was. And of course he did it. That's what she says. Line, But he literally had like two lines and then he disappears. Like he was the show for years. It would have been nice to see him a little bit in it a little bit more, but I still thought even with a very limited amount of Michael Scott, I still thought the finale was great. I really still thought the finale was great. Okay. Uh, next up, we got vampire princess writes, Hey John, I need advice. Well, I'll see what I can do. I've been writing a short story. It started off as a good idea, but now it isn't working and worse. I'm unmotivated to finish it. Should I move on to other projects or try to persevere since I spent so much time on it? Thanks. Okay. Let me give you my best piece of advice on this. Part of. You have to be willing to fail and then move forward. The whole thing, like if you get stuck on something and then keep trying to make it work when it's not working, all you will end up doing is creating hurdles for yourselves and discouraging yourself in the future from trying something new, right? If you develop a mentality that I am quick to fail, that if I'm, if something is failing that I'm doing, and I'm not talking about your marriage or things that really require you, it deserves you to put in a lot of work and effort to, but I mean like projects, right? If you try something, you have to be willing to fail quickly and then move on to the next thing. Because if you don't, you're going to become afraid of trying new things. When you're willing to fail fast, it keeps you open to trying new things. So yeah, I listen, I would say if this short story of yours has been your passion, stick with it. But if you're realizing, hey, this isn't working, I gave it a shot, but it's not working and I don't even have a passion for it anymore, then don't wait until you lose all your passion, throw it out and move on to the next thing you want to try. Again, I'm not talking about marriage. I'm talking about projects, right? So yeah, and listen, I adopted that all the time at AMC and at Collider. When I would, listen, I would go into writer's rooms meetings every week. There was a scheduled meeting every week in the writer's room where Christian, who was our head of development, and his writing team, which was Mark Riley, uh, Ken Knapsack, and uh, who was the third? Um, Why am I forgetting who the third one was? Anyway, there were... Uh, three guys in the writer's room and Christian was the head of development. And then once a week, Christian would bring me into that room and they would give pitches every week. They would give pitches on whether single video ideas, new show ideas or whatever. And if you're not well uh, ready, um, if you're not ready and willing, Oh, it was Josh, Josh, Josh was the other guy. It was uh, Joshua Makuga. It was Josh Makuga. If you're not ready, willing and able to, try something 
and be able to quickly identify that, hey, it's, this isn't working. Let's move on to the next thing. Then you're going to become like afraid to try new things because, oh, the last time I tried something new, we wasted a year on it and it cost us all these resources and it cost me all my time. Whereas if you adopt a healthy um, approach to, hey, I really did give something a shot, but it became clear to me this wasn't working. Cool. Move on to the next thing right? You should be able to do that. So that's, that's kind of my, that's my best advice, vampire. I would say without knowing your specific circumstances, move on from this short story and move on to the next thing. Take the lessons you've learned from this and move on to the next. That's my advice. Might be good advice, might be bad advice, but that's my advice. Okay. Next up, uh, Nick Sia writes, I finally bought the Regal Unlimited program. That's a good program and not quite as good. I don't think quite as good as AMC Unlimited or AMC A-List, but the Regal Unlimited program is really good uh, program and I am loving it. I'm seeing way more good movies now. I'm also dragging myself to movies I'd never view without it, like Jungle Cruise. Apocalypse Now is more my style of a Jungle Cruise enjoying Regal Unlimited. You know, that is one of the big things that a lot of people who get Regal Unlimited and AMC A-List talk about. It's like, I'm now going to movies to check out movies I never at least prior to the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, a lot of people would be like, man, with A-List or with Regal Unlimited or with the uh, Alamo Drafthouse membership or the Cinemark membership, whatever, people are saying, I find myself going to movies I never would have gone to the theater to see before, but since I have my membership, what do I got to lose? And I'm going to check out more movies. It's great, and I'm glad you're getting good use out of it, Nick. I really am. All right, um, Kung Fu Hot Dog sends in a super chat badge in the live chat. Thank you, Kung Fu Hot Dog. I appreciate that. Next up, uh, anonymous viewer writes, Andy Signore uh, watched Shang-Chi and did a video around your reaction video last night for Shang-Chi. They basically said you were not being genuine and that you're hype and that you were hyped because you were at the premiere. Uh, they didn't think the movie was that great. Your response. Who? Is that guy still alive? Uh, look, uh, Look, I, my YouTube channel is not here to talk about other YouTube channels. I will let lesser people, I'll let lesser men do that. My YouTube channel is not to talk about other YouTube channels. Um, I will just say two things. Um, one, unless I was blind, Andy Signore was not at the premiere. So I don't think he saw it. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, two... I mean, I was at the last, the Rise of Skywalker premiere and I came out of the Skywalker premiere and made a video and said it was the most disappointing, most disappointed I've ever been with Star Wars movie. But anyway, that's all I've already, look, I'm not here to talk about, I don't mind that you asked the question, but I'm not here to talk, my YouTube channel is not to talk about other YouTube channels. So we're just going to move on from that. Um, next up, Meat Jerkin Beef Boy writes, um, who would win in a fight between you and Rob Kumite style from Bloodsport with two days of prep time winner gets one thing they desire most. Uh, well, I mean, that's not really fair. I mean, I, I, I've, I've trained MMA most of my life. So I would, that really wouldn't be fair. Uh, so yes, I, I feel pretty safe and I think Rob would be cool with me saying that I would probably win that fight. All right. Uh, Jonathan writes, uh, John, uh, does AMC raising their ticket prices affect a list? Will they also raise a list subscription prices? I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. I really, I wouldn't be surprised if they do now. Look, I, as far as a list goes, 
I wouldn't be completely against the idea of them raising the price of A-list because it is a tremendously good value. Because with A-list, not only do I get 12 movies a month for a ridiculously low cost, but my savings and my points that I get, number one, the savings I get on my concessions, plus all the free money I get on my car. Because the more you buy stuff, it piles up on your A-list. And then like every time I go to the theaters, I feel like when I'm buying some concessions, they go, oh, you have $10 in credit. Would you like to use it? Sure. And then like two weeks later, oh, you have $15 of credit. Would you like to use it? Sure. It's it's a great value. I I would honestly have no complaints if AMC bumped up their price of A-list a little bit. Because like I said, I think it's it's a re- the value proposition is amazing. I really think it is. It and Regal Unlimited. They're both amazing um uh they're both amazing uh value propositions. So I would say uh I would say I wouldn't be surprised if they did, but I wouldn't complain too terribly much uh if they did. All right, guys. Last question today. We've got uh Michael Lagrange writes. It's hard not to lose faith in my state. My governor banked uh, banned mask mandates four to six months ago. People believe requiring to show proof of vaccination is unconstitutional, which clearly isn't. Also, they compared it to Jews having to wear the Star of David. Yeah, that's just the most ridiculous thing I have ever heard of in my life. Um, look, I'm not going to get into it too terribly much, except to say, you know what my position is. My position is uh, when you look at places that have taken the pandemic more seriously, like New Zealand, much much better results they get back like they get life back to normal their economy gets back up and singing again all that kind of stuff you know look i'm not going to sit here and talk about what other people are doing i will simply say this i encourage people to get vaccinated the data and the science show that it works uh over 98 percent or around the 98 percent of all the covid cases coming in now are people who are not vaccinated only around two to three percent of the cases that are new covid cases are people who are vaccinated to me so instead of talking against what other people believe i will just tell you what i believe i believe we should get vaccinated i believe where um that that if you're not you should definitely be like wearing masks everywhere take the thing seriously that's just my position. If, if somebody else has another position, I'm not going to sit here and talk against their position. I'm just going to say mine. Go get vaccinated. That That's my position, and you know, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, guys, uh, we've gone almost an hour and a half tonight, which is longer than I thought we would, but that'll do it for this late-night installment of the companion video, a special one that we did live. And by the way, Banana Apple slipped in a, a live chat there, or super chat badge right there in there at the end. Thank you, Banana Apple. Appreciate that. Guys, thank you so much for joining me here this late at night. I don't know. What do you guys think of, um, what do you guys think of uh, John After Dark as everybody's calling it? Everybody call it John After Dark. I don't know. This was kind of fun. I did enjoy it. It's, it's a lot more fun than doing it pre-recorded because pre-recorded i don't have the live chat there and everybody's talking in the live chat as well it's much more fun when everybody's here in the live chat anyway guys thanks a lot for being here don't forget tomorrow the john campus show 10 a.m pacific standard time that's los angeles time me the wonderful kimberly kern and the goddess herself aaron cummings are going to be here we got a lot of things that we're going to be talking about tomorrow hope to see you guys there uh she's not my wife saying i love you john thank you very much i appreciate that guys thank you to all of you guys for hanging out with me here tonight you made my evening pretty damn good anyway guys I'll see you all tomorrow. Until next time, stay smart, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and take care of the people around you. My name's John Campia. Bye-bye.